Welcome to the NBA Hangout presented by Playbook Sports. I'm your host, Brandon. With me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how are you doing? Man, I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a relatively quiet week, uh, seeing how it is leading up to the trade deadline coming up on Thursday, February 8th. Um, but we still got some stuff to talk about. Obviously, there's always the games to talk about, but... The Sixers have been on, the, on a little bit of a, a down spiral with Embiid getting injured. We got some we got some all-star news. We can look at who are some snubs and who can replace the injured players in uh, Joel Embiid and Julius Randle. Um, and as well, we wouldn't we would be remiss if not to finish it off with some more trade deadline talks. We could look at the rumors and make some predictions of maybe what we think can happen. So how is your week in the NBA world? You know what? It's uh, for for like a quiet trade week and i love some trades it was pretty good you know i've got kind of like a theory as to why it's so quiet and it's partly because of the in-season tournament and the early trades that have gone on yeah it's given teams a chance to like see what they've got right see where they are how they really look a lot of the time there was a lot of talk for a long time about like moving the trade deadline back a week or two um, to give teams more time to understand where they are in the pecking order before yeah. making these trades. Um, and in a weird way, I think we've almost done that. We've, we've, we've established where teams are a little bit more and mm-hmm. what their most likely path or, or result come playoff times, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know if we're going to have as many teams actually out there swinging the bat. Um, I think I think it could be a little bit more quiet. Actually, I don't know if we'll see a big trade. Like I don't know if we'll see Dejounte Murray traded. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm with you on that. I think like the, yeah, some some of the in season tournament kind of established that hierarchy early, and with those early trades like Harden going <clears throat> to the to the Clippers um, so early on in the season, and and you know Terry Rozier went to the Heat. And we also had the Siakam and OG trades that happened a little earlier. I think those are all trades that you would expect to happen closer to the deadline. But teams kind of knew what they wanted earlier. Like Indiana was very vocal about what they wanted earlier. So those trades kind of happened earlier on this season than we expected. Um, But one of those teams now that heading into the deadline, they might have some questions to answer are the Sixers. Um, So they have Embiid injured um, right now. But before his injury, they were they are four and four and six in their last ten. They lost their last two without Embiid. Um, it's kind of a tricky position to be in as we look at their outlook uh, heading towards the trade deadline. As you know, since they've been since they've been on that down, downhill spiral, um, I wonder if they're going to look more to getting some help for Embiid, even though they may be a little unsure of when he might be coming back. Embiid is going to be uh, going through a procedure t- on his left meniscus, an injury, a knee that he's had some problems with before as well. So depending what they find in that when they're in the operating room, um, we'll kind of determine how long he will be out for and how much time will be missed, whether he'll be back this season or not. It seems like he they're going to try to make sure he comes back this season and, and go for another run. But if that's not the case, then um, they might have to make some different decisions. What do you think the Sixers might look to do um, as they were kind of trending downwards and with the the injury to Joel Embiid. So I think the Sixers are in a luxurious position in that, like, I think they've kind of overperformed all year. Um, they never really truly replaced Harden after the trade. Like, 
Maxi stepped up and it was really great to see. And Joel's having one of the, the amazing uh, seasons. Um, a lot of people say, and this is one of the great seasons since Wilt Chamberlain, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so I think they were kind of like in a luxurious position where they were overachieving. And, and right now, I don't, I think it would be really, I would be really, really careful with Joel. Like a lot of people who have pieces of their meniscus removed later talk about regretting it. I think even like Dwayne Wade was one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Um, yeah. And like, it Robert doesn't. Williams as recent, recently yeah. too, Robert Williams had the same type of thing go on. And, and I was, you saw the other hand, Jaron Jackson kind of did the the rehab portion, and he took a long time to come back, but he seems to be okay now. So yeah, there's the different. There's the different approaches, and it, it guarantees nothing. Like like you brought up Robert Williams there, like he did it and came back, and they didn't win anything. It's not like yeah. it's not like they won because he was there. Um, now Joel's obviously much more impactful than, than Robert. Yeah. Kudos to Robert, but, uh, he is Joel Embiid and he is the reigning MVP. Um, but so, so it's, it's a tricky place to be if you're the Sixers, because on one hand, yeah, you can make a lot of moves that really just kind of reinforce your front court, your front court depth, uh, so that, you know, you can be more insulated, uh, when Joel goes out, if he goes out, um, you know, take a little bit less stress when he's playing games because he has a capable backup that you want to play a lot of minutes for or something like that. Um, but, but really the 76ers were in a position where, um, they had all these pieces and that they got back for Harden that they could mix and match into something else. So it was always going to be a question all year of what was that something else going to be? But Joel's injury really puts a, a spin on it because yeah. you can now push that timeline. Like if you don't think the best thing is to like have the piece of meniscus removed and, and bring him back this year, but let him rehab and let him come back next year. Mm-hmm. Well, you can move it to the summer. You can wait till the summer and you can have a whole different list of options. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. And I think that's what they're going to have to really weigh. I think if you are the Sixers in this situation, judging Embiid's history, why is it so tricky for Embiid in general, specifically him, a guy like Robert Williams, I was very, I didn't really love when they did the, when they did the procedure on Robert Williams because mm. he is so young. Um, I thought he should be Agreed. taking his time. Yeah. And, um, I know they were really, I know Boston really wanted to win that championship that year and they thought they had a good shot as they should. They should feel that way. Um, but I thought his long term health would be compromised because of it. And so far, that's kind of what's been happening. He's out this year. Um, he's been in and out last year, even. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> I'm usually not for that type of, procedure for especially big men um but for Embiid you look at his injury history and how much he's already had to endure as a player and how many how much stuff he's had to go through he doesn't have much chances at 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 championship runs and if he's playing at this level maybe for Embiid it's one of those rare situations where you can kind of risk bringing him back a little bit quicker and taking pieces of it off of the meniscus um because you might feel as if you get one, two guys in this in this trade deadline, you can make that real push push in a wide open East that anyone could really make it out of there and make the make make it to the finals. And once you're in the finals, 
anything can happen. We saw Giannis break through and he was able to get a favorable matchup in the finals and he was able to get his ring. Something like that could happen for the Sixers as well if Giannis could just stay healthy for that playoff run. If they just prioritize, since he's not getting MVP now, 65 nope. games limit is is in effect um, this season. So that is out of the question. So there's no rush to, to really prioritize the season for him. But if they really want to make this a true run in the playoffs and try to make a championship out of this, um, then I would be curious to see if they make the moves to bolster their roster in that type of way to give him that opportunity because he's only going to have so many shots anyway. So maybe in a year like this where it feels kind of open, maybe this is a year you kind of go for it anyways if he's able to. Here's my thing, though. Like, who's out there that's going to make this team, like, take it over the top? That's going to put it over a Boston. That's going to put it over an LA Clippers. That's going to put it over, you know... Getting, you got to get by Milwaukee. You got to get by Denver. Um, I don't know if DeJounte Murray to the Sixers is enough. And he's the biggest name on the market right now. So yeah, bar yeah. bar trading somebody that we're not talking about, bar trading you know a, a, a bigger star that no one is talking about at the moment, I don't know who goes to Philly to make... If if I was in B, make me want to take a riskier option with my knee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is totally fair. I think like even when that star does present itself, if it was this year at this trade deadline, I don't think Philly would have necessarily the stuff. Like they might be better suited in the offseason to make an offer like that. Um, anyway. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, but with Embiid being out, we did mention there are gonna be some injury replacements to the all-star games welcome to our newest sponsor at playbook sports and that is parlay play parlay play is a fast-growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays when signing up you immediately receive five dollars free on playbook they offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry as well as to play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. I'll go through the two teams quickly. So we have the West and we have the East. So in the West, we have Luka, Durant, Shea, LeBron, and Jokic starting. And then uh, as the reserves voted in by the coaches and players and media is uh, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, still we're seeing him come off the bench. <laughs> um, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. So just staying on the West for now, any omissions there that you really are, are missing out on that you think should have been there instead of a different player that that has made it? I know you did have Wemby there. As, as yeah, I, I would. I would just. Player. I would just say Wemby. Like he's. He's even. Even since I said that, and I said that a little bit. In jest, because like how many <laughs> how many rookies really make the All Star game, let alone start the All Star yeah, game? Yeah. Um, he's gotten better. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Like it's 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 uh it, he's getting like silly at this point. Um, the numbers are just like eye popping is such a boring term, but it's it's really true. It's just like they're they're kind of unbelievable. Um. Mm-hmm. They're they're really 
truly amazing numbers. So he would be about the only one, but it would be hard to take anybody off this list though. That's kind of the other thing, right? I would be, I would be okay taking off Carl Anthony Towns, but that's just me. <laughs> he's got great numbers this year. It's does, probably the best year he's ever had in the league. And is, yeah. you know, uh, word is the Dallas Mavericks want a tall power forward. <laughs> is it Carl Anthony Towns? Who knows? It'll be fun. No, yeah, I think I think Carl's deserved his spot too. Um, uh, yeah, in the West, I think it's pretty much how I would have it as well. Yeah, maybe you throw in a Wemby there, but like you said, rookies don't generally make these things. They have to earn their stripes. They have mm-hmm. to go through the grind a couple more years. They have to earn the respect of their players um, and the coaches, for that matter, to to make it to make it onto a team. And I think Wemby needs to go through that still, but. I wouldn't be mad if he's there over coffee. <laughs> um, and we look hey, over at the There's East. a couple okay. games still. He could still, you know. <laughs> Something that I've, you never know what the right thing is. Anthony Davis on. could uh, get a hangnail. Yeah. <laughs> right? Can't play, guys. Got to go to Jamaica yeah. for two weeks. I'm out. Right? Got to go on vacation. I mean, to the medical center. <laughs> to the medical center. Oops. oops. Did I spell that right? Yeah. Um, and then in the East, we have Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Leonard, and Jason Tatum all starting. And then off the bench, you have Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bancaro, first-time All-Star, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, first-time All-Star, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle um, to fill out the, the East squad. Any omissions there that um, stand out to you? I mean, and this will be the side that we do have two injury replacements for uh, Joel Embiid and for uh, looks like Julius Randle right now. You know, it's it's that same thing where it's like, I don't think that there are any necessarily emissions, but when you get down to those last like three-ish guys, there's certainly arguments that can be made for them or for other players, right? And um, yeah, like Julius Randle has been amazing this year. Like he's putting up a great, Great stat line. The Knicks are everybody's second favorite team at the moment. Uh, He's got amazing chemistry with Jalen Brunson. And it's just working. It's working. It's a year that it's working for Randall. Um, So, like, I wouldn't take him off. Paolo, like, the, uh, the magic came shooting out of the gates they've cooled down a little bit but you know like he's 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 a fantastic talent and he absolutely deserves to be in the all-star game people deserve to see him that's also part of this right like part of the all-star game was supposed to be a showcase right now it's just the same couple guys getting together for like a game of shimmy like they they like barely care um you know so like if anything like yeah it's it's awesome that lebron has been in the all-star game for a thousand games in a row (laughs) and started all of them. But also like you're supposed to see cool, young talent. You're supposed to see the players that you don't see a lot. And like, in my opinion, the all-star game is supposed to be a little bit of a fantasy, just like free for all where you just throw guys together. Cause it'd be fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's fun, which is, why I wouldn't mind certain players of lesser talent, lesser um, maybe accomplishments enter the All Star Game. Sometimes, like it's more so about fun. It's it's for the fans. It's to put on a show. Um, yeah, and and it is a showcase as well. Like there is a rising stars, but the rising stars is only first and second year players. There are young stars that happen to pop out later on in their careers. That you know, it's it's nice to see them on a bigger stage. Now, the interesting one I'll pose to you. Um, we'll get into the replacements and everything and like that as well. But Tyrese Maxey over. 
Trey Young. I thought I think is kind of like an interesting guard for guard swap there. Like I I'm not the biggest like Trey Young guy in general, but he is an offense unto himself. He does keep them afloat on that end of the court. He's averaging like 27 points. The so last week he was the the player of the week in the East, uh, averaging around 30 and 11. Um, I know Maxi started off super hot, and he kept he him and Embiid had a really good tandem. Uh, the Sixers have a great record, so they kind of deserve two All Stars as well. But who's to say that Trey Young shouldn't be there over over uh, Tyrese Maxi? Once again, this is one of those those argument cases, like. Yeah, Trey Young had great numbers last year, missed the, the All-Star game. He's got great numbers this year and is going to miss the All-Star game if he's not an injury replacement. And, you know, maybe that alone is just like, hey, like, this guy leads his team. Maybe they're not the most successful team always, but it wasn't too long ago. They were playing in the East Con- like Eastern Conference Finals. Um they're not that far off and Trey young is the engine and you should reward guys. And that's one of those cases where it's like, yeah, put other guys in the all-star game, right? There's the league is full, full of talent, full of fun, exciting talent that when we mix and match them together can, can make for a really fun exhibition game. And we should be thinking a little bit more about that. So yeah, like, like, even if it's not Tyrese, even like a yeah. Jalen Brown. Yeah, even or like, like a Jalen Brown. Brown. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like Brown's been there a bunch of times. I'm sure he'd like a vacation. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. these guys like he knows vacation. he's good. He's got the, the richest contract in the NBA. He knows he's good. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, he, he, he he's he's more than fine. So I think when we look at injury replacements, um I think Trey Young will be one of those. I think he's he's pretty much a shoe in. I think he's uh, due at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like his peers are all kind of like nudging nudging it in that direction as well. We'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Betalytics. Betalytics is a predictive sports betting software for player and game props. Whether you're new to betting or a seasoned vet, Betalytics will help you win more single bets and parlays, and take back the advantage from the sports books. Visit betalytics.com. That's B-E-T-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S dot com to sign up. And when you do, use code PLAYBOOK for 25% off. For the second replacement, um, there was a graphic, I believe, by ESPN or Bleacher Report. I always mix up the two. But, <laughs> but uh, So it was Trey Young uh, as potential all-star replacements. It was Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, Christos Przingis, Jared Allen, who stepped up tremendously when... Um, Mobley had to sit out for a while, so that would be kind of rewarding him for what he's done in that time frame. And Derek White as well um, to, to, to fill out that, uh, that line there. Um, of any of those guys, you think you find a guy there, or do you think we'll be looking elsewhere for a replacement? Uh, amongst these guys, I would, I would go for Jared Allen. Like Jared Allen's been a monster this year, and mm-hmm. it's kind of not talked about enough. Um, he's been unbelievable and it may be his only all-star year, right? Um, there are some players who are really good, who just, who are just on the fringes and they're going to have one or two amazing years in their career. And it would be great to see it rewarded. And I would like to see Jared Allen reward. Um, 
would I like to see Scotty Barnes in the in the All Star game? Yes, of course I would like to see Scotty Barnes in the All Star <laughs> game. He is, you know, um, achieving career highs in like uh, points, assists, rebounds, shooting percentage. Um, like he's having his best year. He is the engine of the Raptors, but the Raptors aren't very good right now. Would I like to see? Um, oh, I just had another really good All Star who could be there. Don't. Forget that thought, but I have one as you're talking about former Raptor players, um, or as Raptors players, a former one who has made a tremendous impact on the Knicks, who could replace his teammate. Um, I think OG. Um, with how he's played, you know, since his last couple of weeks, um, since he got traded to the Knicks, you immediately saw the impact that he brought to the Knicks. You immediately saw how much better he made them, uh, how complete he made them, the type of player that he does, um, what the type of player he is on both sides of the courts. Dibs can't get enough of him. He plays him every minute that he possibly can. <laughs> and that's the true mark of a, of a Dibs guy. Um, a, a seal of approval there from, from his head coach. Um, of some of the players that just aren't on that list and the teams that, of, te- of players that are on teams that are successful, if you're going like a Derek White uh, route, then I don't see... Um, why an OG as well? I know his. I know he didn't start off as strong as some of these guys, and he doesn't have like the traditional stats that some of these guys would have. But his impact is felt so monumentally on that Knicks team that it maybe should look at in some type of way that that we aren't rewarding. Like we're rewarding Der- like Derek White's on this graphic. So if Derek White is on the, <laughs> on the graphic, I, I don't see why a guy who's doing some similar stuff on on a on a team that's perf- maybe overperforming a bit doesn't get this similar type of looks. You know, I wouldn't mind it. And it's not just because it's OG. It's more because it's the New York Knicks. And I'm I'm here for the resurgence of the New York Knicks, right? You've got you've got two Boston players already here. You've got two on this graphic that they're considering for the all-star game as well. That would be four yeah. Boston players, right? Like, come on, Boston's good. Boston's good, but been there for a long time, right? Like, let's Let's give it back to the Knicks, right? The blue and orange. Come on, Madison Square Garden. So this is fun. This is like, this resurgence is what I want to see, you know, Chicago go through. Um, yeah, I'm, Chicago, I'm we're, we're right about to see, you know, the magic be a big deal here in it for the first time since like Shaq. Um, <laughs> like, they had a year with Dwight. <laughs> they had a couple years with Dwight. <laughs> it's uh I'm 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 just I'm I'm here I'm partly here for like the franchises as much as as much as the NBA is like a star driven league I think it has star franchises and sometimes we forget what kind of star franchises they have because we get caught up in the Lakers and the Boston's of the world constantly being good right but the Knicks the Knicks are so cool the New York <laughs> Knickerbockers who play in Madison Square Gardens right you've got the Chicago Bulls right who you know Jordan just made them legendary right yeah. people know who the Chicago Bulls in like Vietnam which is cool <laughs> so yeah. cool right um that and I just song so please yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be here for OG, mostly just for New York Knicks representation. I think or, I think OG is going to get his at the end of the year. I think he's going to get a defensive, uh, an all all defense team. Yeah, he's, award. I think he's locked locked that one up. Right? Yeah, which is funny because he was like kind of phoning it in for the Raptors, but now that he's in New York, <laughs> everyone's like he's amazing, and he is amazing. 
Put them on all defense. And I think it's the same thing with the other former Raptor, Pascal Siakam. He's got great numbers. He's got all-star caliber numbers. But, and you know, he might become a third-team All-NBA forward this year without going to the All-NBA game, which is what yeah, he did. He might end up being doing one of those one of those things too, which is is crazy. Those two guys, like it's crazy that they're on, on the Raptors and the Raptors this year, this this same season. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's where that where we can go at injury replacements. We'll see what they ultimately choose. Like I think they will go. I think it will be some combination of Trey Young. Jimmy Butler does not want to be there, so even if he gets <laughs> invited, I'm sure he's gonna find a way to to be injured anyway. So they <laughs> might as well not even bother um setting an invite his way welcome to our newest sponsor at playbook sports and that is parlay play parlay play is a fast-growing daily fantasy sports platform with a specific focus on player prop parlays when signing up you immediately receive five dollars free on playbook they offer weekly free-to-play contests where you can compete and track your picks against other users Paid contests where users can deposit their own money and enter contests to win up to 75 times their money per entry, as well as to play your normal daily fantasy sports. Each first-time depositor is given a first-time deposit match of up to $100 when you use code PLAYBOOK. That is code PLAYBOOK. There are some trade nuggets here as we head into the February 8th deadline. Um, and we'll start with the Mavs and Pacers having some trade interest in Andrew Wiggins, um, Shams, Shams reported. Um, anything intriguing there for you? Uh, the intriguing thing there for me is that based on Wiggins' play and contract this year, I imagine that he's being shopped with another asset. With either one mm-hmm. of the young players, which I doubt, but more likely a first-round pick. And you look at the Mavs and you look at the Pacers and like the Mavs could use the picks for sure. Yes. And they have to be value shopping at this moment because they've they've spent so much capital in the last couple of years kind of not quite getting it right around yeah. around Luca. But so I, I could see them being interested um, more more as a value play proposition. I, I could see the Pacers be more more thinking that they could they could they could revive the Andrew Wiggins that we saw uh right change of scenery, change of scenery type of thing yeah change of scenery of change of pace right like because the yeah. the Pacers actually play so quickly um you know just just different set of responsibilities what is it what does it change for them right so yeah. if if a team's going to rehabilitate Andrew Wiggins into the player that we saw in the playoffs for for um, Golden State a few years ago, I I like the Pacers' chance to do that. You know, yeah, and the Pacers um, do need the Pacers do need wings. Like that is something that they've actively been looking at. Um, getting getting two way wings to just complement uh, Tyrese Halliburton and all the rest of their core over there. Mm. Um, getting a little more defensive minded, and when Wiggins can be that when he's locked in and focused and in the right scheme um, as well. He's a he's a four spacer. You can shoot the three. He can create a little bit for himself. These are all things that you that he can do when he is locked in. The question is, is that going to be the case if he gets moved again? It's been a tough uh, year year or so for him. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that. The interesting thing with the Mavs too is they just seem to be, as we kind of hinted at earlier, looking on the move, looking for someone who can play the four for them, a tall four. Tall four. four. <laughs> who could stretch the floor, who could play some defense, give some versatility. And it's 
interesting to me that they're going that route when they had the guy who who could do that and Dorian Finney-Smith at one point um, who they let go because they didn't want to pay um, too much money uh, for him. <laughs> so they've also been linked to wanting to get him back as well. As you said, they're kind of value shopping. I think the Wiggins thing is something that they're looking to do if they can get him for cheap or as you mentioned, maybe get a, 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 an asset too that comes along their way with him. Um as you know, the Warriors might be looking to cut cut some salary, cut some bait uh, where they can, and and focus on getting getting their financial situation straight heading into the off season. Um, but with the Mavs, yeah, looking at DFS, I think they've also looked at some of the, the Charlotte forwards as well. Um, they're just looking for anyone who could play the four next to next to uh, Derek Lively and with Luca um, match there. Um, anything intriguing with so so the next one is the Nets looking at. Um, Listening to offers on DFS, Royce O'Neal and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's completely phoned it in since since he's wanted out, he's just checked all the way out of of Brooklyn. Um, any teams that kind of stand out for you there? Um, who could use some of those players? Well, I, I would suggest all of those players are good, useful players that you know a lot of teams could use. How many would they put into starting roles? You know. That might be more the question. Like Dorian Finley-Smith, like, yeah, you send him back to the Mavericks. He's probably starting, right? But is he starting yeah. on the Lakers? Not likely. Um, Dinwiddie, like, a great backup. Really top-notch backup. Could run a backup squad. Can sub into the starting lineup when needed. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of his game, but... It's really just anybody who needs a really capable point guard. And that's about it. You know? Um, So I think those are just three names that chances are two of the three get moved, if not all three. And, and they'll just, they'll go, they'll be plug and play players for, for teams. And each one will help the, the team that they go to. And they'll probably just be traded for picks. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I don't think you're going to get too much out of that. Like, I think the thing with the Nets, too, is they seem to always be, um, you always hear noise around the Nets um, with having high aspirations for what they can get for their players. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith, they won a couple first-round picks for, I think, last year. Uh, They expect picks, good amount of picks for these players, and I think they're not going to be getting those. Like, these players aren't at that caliber where they weren't that at this stage of their career, especially when, you, when you're known to be a seller mm. uh, right now. So I think it's kind of tough for them, so they might have to just kind of cut bait. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like, two out of the three of these guys uh, may move. I think a team that could look to scoop up a Royce O'Neal, like, OKC can kind of do that cheaply and just have someone to bolster their bench. Like a veteran presence who can who can bolster their bench. They have the picks they can just toss away to, to go to that. Um, but another team for Dorian Finney Smith, I could think of is the Houston Rockets. Um, mm. As they've been looking for, they've been looking for. Um, I know they've been looking for more of like a score. They're kind of they're looking to package Jalen Green and go after like Mikel Bridges. There've been s- s- subtle talk of like a Zach Levine. Detroit has been looking to move, or not Detroit. Sorry, um, the Bulls have been looking to me- uh, move Zach Levine um, in efforts to kind of maybe look at Jalen Green, do da- a swap kind of like that. Um, but I think like if they want something just solid, a solid another vet to add to like some of their vets on that team. I think like a, a Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith is someone that you can look at to kind of just bolster bolster their rosters there and try to really make this play in playoff run. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's tough for, for the sellers out there right now, as we look at, 
another name to be monitored from the Bulls is Demar, um, who seems to always be in in rumors around this type this time of year nowadays. Um, Bulls seem to be trying to hold strong, trying to keep it together, keep the keep the band together, as they say. But I think at some point now, like you gotta look to recoup some type of assets and and move on to your next phase uh, of your of your team building there. If you're the Chicago Bulls, uh, any teams that stand out to you for Demar? I think. Whenever DeMar gets brought up these days, there's a lot of talk about him going to the Lakers. And you you can see like LeBron looking even to the other team that shares the building with him and going, they have so many stars. They're playing so well. They have such a good chance to win it all. We need to get a couple more names in here. We need to get a couple more stars in here. Right. And you would think like, ah, oh, DeMar, like that is... He's an LA kid. It would make sense, right? He is a star. We've seen him have amazing moments in the playoffs. Like you could, you could probably, you know, you could fit him in. But at the end of the day, like Demar's best skill is that when you have seven seconds or less left on a on the shot clock and no offense going, he can just throw it to Demar and he's just gonna get a good shot off. A good mm-hmm. shot at the end of the yeah. shot clock. But if you're the Lakers, you have LeBron. That person's going to be LeBron. And when he defers, he defers it to Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. Like, like DeMar would be third in that packing order. And that's his best skill. That's why you go get a DeMar is so yeah. that like when everything breaks down, you still have an offensive shot. And yeah. I, I just don't know that's what the Lakers need. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think in years past when they did look at Demar, they're looking at him as to be like that second playmaker when LeBron, when LeBron is off the court. Because whenever LeBron leaves the court, usually with LeBron led teams, it's a disaster. So they're looking at that's why they had Westbrook. They want Westbrook to kind of hold the reins there, and it didn't work out too well. I think they would want Demar to kind of do something similar. Um, but like you say, like Demar and, and Demar has had his play playoff bumps too. Like I, I won't forget the I won't forget when he was it was one of those LeBronto games, ironically enough. But uh, Demar Demar was benched at the end, and uh, Demar was benched at the end of those games. They they didn't want to run him out there for defensive reasons, and that still yeah. has to be a question when you get someone of get Demar on your team. Um, so that's an interesting one to to look at as well. I think the LA thing kind of does have does make some sort of sense. Um, but I would also look at, we talked about Philly earlier. Philly could use a score in general just to kind of offload some of the stuff that Embiid and Maxi have to do and create all the time since Tobias Harris hasn't been maybe up to snuff on that end as, as you would like at all times. Maybe if you get a DeMar in there moving out of Harris, something like that, and you can get some other role players like if you can somehow finagle a Caruso or something like that or, or, or some of that nature, then maybe... You're looking more competitive this year for the Sixers in the wake that you know Embiid is healthy to play come come playoff time. And I like that a lot better than him going to the Lakers, honestly. So like, yeah, that makes sense. He has a role over on Philly. Um, it would be it would make more sense than all the like kind of odds and ends that they got from the Clippers for James Harden. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind. I I really wouldn't mind Demar on on Philly. I think he would be a positive. Um, 
is he what you want to spend all your your assets on? That's your question. That's a that's the million dollar question. The, yeah. the question that I um, that I fortunately don't have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a question for Maury and his management. Um, and the last little bit of news here before we head out is Bruce Brown um, reportedly reportedly likely to be traded this week from the Raptors. Uh, that's from Woj. Um, that one's like kind of up in the air, like. A million teams could use a Bruce Brown. He's a great call. He's a great like attitude guy. He fits in pretty much two, three, two, three, and the four. He can play any of those positions. He could guard pretty much any of those positions, and just gives you some juice. He gives you. He does all the things that you that you know does all that dirty work that some your star players or like some of your higher highly touted players often don't have the energy or need to do. But a guy like Bruce Brown is always willing and ready to 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 do any of that stuff. Like you, like you said it, like, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, like he'd be, he'd be great on Dallas, but he's just not Dallas's number one trade target because he's not the tallest of fours. Um, but he, he would do that dirty work. He would do it for Kyrie and he would do it for Luca and, and that would be a net positive. Um, he could be one of those those players that goes to Houston that is just really good for the team. Just to help them go work together. You're not going to get Jalen Green for Bruce Brown, <laughs> um, but you might get a first. Um, yeah. And he could fit a lot of those problems. And as you say, like he just fits so many teams. Even his 20-ish million dollar contract, maybe a lot, but it's actually pretty easy to move because a lot of teams can package some stuff together or yeah. honestly just trade an, an aging veteran or something. Um, yeah. So I think Bruce Brown, he's really cool. He's really cool to have on the Raptors. Uh, if it was a different year for the Raptors, I would <laughs> want Bruce Brown on the Raptors. Uh, just like most teams and most fan bases should want Bruce Brown on their team. And he's going to go to one and they're going to be happy. And then they might not exactly know what they get at first, but after two or three games, they're going to be like, this guy's pretty cool. And then he's going to show up wearing a cowboy hat and they're going to go, <laughs> this guy's really cool. And I'm <laughs> glad he plays for my team. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 right there. Like some whoever ends up with Bruce Brown's gonna be happy. They're gonna be happy, they're gonna embrace him. Yeah. Now the, and the, the price team, not, I, it's not gonna be crazy. No, it'll probably be a couple seconds, maybe a, a first, something like that, yeah. of that nature. Um two teams I kind of think of that come to mind as you mentioned um some of his traits is um the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Kings have been kind of looking for that that forward to kind of the defensive forward to go alongside Sabonis. I know he's not as big as you kind of want. You still have Keegan Murray there, but he can kind of play alongside there. You can make some small ball work and, and get some stuff going there. They just need kind of boost in, in that uh, aggression department. They have Davion Mitchell as a guard um, there, but I don't think he's giving them exactly what they need offensively. Bruce Brown's a little more uh, polished on that end of the court. Um, and he's still, as we say, hustle guy, uh, does all the stuff that you need him to do. Guard, guards the tough assignments, um, type of guy there. And the same thing when, it, when he goes to the, uh, with the Pelicans, I think the Pelicans could use just some of that grit, some of that, some of that annoyance, <laughs> pestness, as you will, um, from, from a guy like Bruce Brown, any, any of those teams, uh, make sense to you. Yeah, they they both uh, they both make sense and for different reasons. Um, one, like I do think the Kings need to do something, right? Yeah, I think they need to do just, it up. just just something. I also think that like Bruce can uh, he can cut pretty well, so like Sabonis could have some real fun throwing the ball to him. Um, 
but they're also a team that does they're not asset strong they're not asset strong at the moment so they can't really go make big moves so they're a value shopping team as well and bruce Mm -hmm. brown can be got um and then uh and then sorry the other one was i really Uh, like pelicans pelicans yes so the pelicans are, are are an interesting one because you wouldn't think from like just like uh we need talent standpoint that they would need a bruce brown but they are a very young team and they're kind of sometimes just a little bit a little bit sloppy a little bit just like are are they completely plugged in um and you know you throw bruce brown there he's probably going to play in the second unit honestly for the pelicans and he's just going to help he's just going to help lock them in make them a little bit more professional bruce is a champion we know this he's a he's a reigning champion um, like he knows how to get the job done and that's going to be an important thing for a Pelicans team that really is probably one of the biggest wild cards going into the playoffs in the East in that like, yeah, they're in the picture. They could, they could, they could either do really well <laughs> or just like flame out and still yeah. everybody would be like, yeah, but they could do really well next year. And we haven't really talked about the Pelicans that much this year. Surprisingly, they've had Zion and they've had Brandon Ingram for a decent chunk. Like I feel like yeah. more than they we usually get both of those players healthy for together. Um, and they, you know, they're seventh in the West right now in the competitive West. There's oh, West. There Why games. do I always think the Pelicans are in the East? <laughs> they're close. I gotta, um, I gotta learn geography again, guys. <laughs> Apologies. Seven, seven games above 500 so you know they're looking strong in that front so they are definitely like of a, of a team that's most likely making the playoffs here unless something catastrophic happens um so yeah i think like a bruce brown uh some, something of someone of that nature kind of just shores up some of their bench rotations there like he probably like they do have a lot of fours there they were looking at swapping um like there was a little bit of noise of them looking to move herb jones at one point because they just want to create room for trey murphy to get some more minutes so when, if Brown were to go there, it looks like he would probably be like a backup shooting guard or something like that, which is fine. He could do that. Like he could play, like I said, he could play wherever on the court, wherever they kind of need him to do. Um, and that would be great for them. Um, but before we head out, do you have any, maybe a wish list of trades for the Raptors or just for the NBA in general? Um, the, I just want to see the Raptors continue to sell. That's just my Raptors fan perspective. Um, you know, I want, and, and, and it's, I want to see these guys go off and, and play in competitive situations, right? I want to see some of them stay, but I want to see like Gary Trent get a shot. I want to mm-hmm. see, you know, Chris Boucher go somewhere and get a shot. I want to see Bruce Brown obviously get a shot. I want to see, I want to see Yakupo like, like the Raptors certainly need a center, but I don't know if he acts the guy long-term and he could really, really help a team. Like, is he the guy to bolster the Phillies while, while, you know, MB's, MB's out, right? Because he would yeah. be that great backup and you could spell him off. Um, who knows? Who knows? He's a really good, really good center. Um, not the best in the league. Can be got. Uh, and then the rest of the league, I want, I, I really, if, if I have a dark horse like Super Wish, <laughs> I want LeBron to be traded. Well, there was was that at one point. There was, (laughs) and it's like, yeah, like LeBron on the Heat, LeBron on the Sixers, right? You put him on some of these other teams that are just missing that, like, that guy to just 
drag him that extra little bit forward. Wow. Like LeBron's that guy. You just don't think of him as the guy who gets traded. Um, it would be so my, seismic. My uh, like if we're gonna go crazy galaxy brain route, yeah. The trade I would do. The, the, the trade I would do. Let me see if I could pull it up. I did. I did create one of these trades. So, uh, <laughs> You're a madman. <laughs> yeah, I was. So that the the the, the LeBron th- uh, like noise started to happen, and I went a little crazy, and I was like, "Huh, what team could use LeBron?" Every and team. I thought, yeah, every one for one, every team. But I thought, I thought the uh, the Warriors. They're going mm. nowhere. <laughs> We're talking earlier. They're going absolutely. They they're in the middle. They're in a terrible position to be in right now. Like they, a couple games out of a play in, but they should be better than that. They're not better than that. So the trade that I had drawn up, which does work, in the in the trade machine, which you know isn't always one hundred percent accurate, but close enough for my liking and for, <laughs> for this purpose, um, was Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, Kaminga, two firsts. For LeBron, Austin Reeves, and Christian Wood. Ooh, and Austin Reeves. Yeah, Ooh. That's, that's I mean, they are giving up Kaminga, who has just yeah. absolutely exploded recently. Yep. And two firsts. And two and firsts. Two firsts. Yeah. From an aging team. Like, those could actually be good firsts. Yeah. And and let's say, let's make it crazy. I have two more seconds in there just to, to sweeten the, <laughs> the pot there. Curry and LeBron with... He wouldn't you even have, have to sell Lamar. his California home, right? Yeah. Like and it would just buddy work. Draymond would be there. Yeah. yeah, think of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man, it'd be fun. It'd be good. It'd be fun, yeah. right? <laughs> That's why they'd be like, "Hey, Ron, like, can you play small ball center all the time?" And he'd be like, "Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> just love this. I just got out of it." <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was my that was my galaxy brain one there, um, but on a more like. Uh, semi-composed level, still probably on the unlikelier side, but for the Heat, I would like them to do whatever they can, flip Caleb Martin, whatever second rounds, whatever, not whatever first, but maybe a strongly protected first for Adoran Finney-Smith and just sure up this four position. Get your starting four, get your starting lineup set up. We'll deal with the Tyler situation in the offseason. <laughs> give him this, give him this, give him this the rest of this year to kind of figure it out and adjust to a new role of playing next to Terry Rozier. But get your four that can play alongside Bam and Jimmy almost seamlessly, play the way that, you, that Spo wants to play with all the switching, all the zone. He's been great in nice little situ- situations, type of defender that, that Spo likes to utilize a lot. Um, kind of how they use Haywood Highsmith, but in a more you know prominent role, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith would play. So that would be my one wish is to, for the Heat, is to get Dorian Finney-Smith. It's not a crazy ass, not that crazy. <laughs> no, honestly, it's it, and it it would make sense in the sense that like he wouldn't come in and they'd have to like run plays for him. Like he wouldn't. No, be, he could. Yeah, yeah. He would be a fourth or fifth option in the starting lineup, and he would fit really well in that role. Um, so no, that's uh, that's a very subtle and achievable goal for, yeah. for Thursday's <laughs> deadline. You know, yeah. phone it in, phone it in, send it in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, I think that will that'll do it for this episode of the NBA Hangout. We are presented by Playbook Sports. Um, anything we miss before we head out? Anything else to mention? Curry had a sixty-point game the other day, and they lost, so that was depressing. <laughs> um, I think I think we touch on about everything, right? Yeah, that's that's about it. Like like to to speak to Curry's game. Like I think that's just another example of 
I think teams are are getting ready. I think we've this last cut week the games were really good. Um, teams are playing well. They're getting ready. They are ramping up. It is uh, the trade deadline is going to end, and we are we are marching towards the playoffs. And teams want to be playing well. They want to be you know glued together, and uh, we're we're beginning to see the start of that. The stars are turning it up. It's yeah. uh it's a good time in basketball. We're, I think we're through the dog days. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun, this is when it starts to ramp up and the fun yeah. basketball starts to begin. So thank y'all for hanging out for us. You can follow us at the NBA Hangout on Twitter. You can follow me at BJ193 underscore. And you can follow Dave here every week. Thank y'all. Peace. <laughs>